0: Thank you for joining us for this recent message from Freedom Ministries in Crosset, Arkansas. Connect with us online at freedomministriescrosset.com and let us know what God is doing in your life through this ministry. Now prepare your heart to hear a word that we pray will bless your life. while back. God doesn't show me things just all one day. He begins to show me things and he showed me a, a couple of words uh, probably, probably a month or two ago. And then, just a little while later, he showed me another one that goes with it, with him. And, he, and, he, and I heard him say that these three words should be prevalent in our lives. in the lives of Christians. Prevalent means they should be common, they should be frequent, they should be, people should be able to see these in us. The first word is extravagant, which means lacking restraint in spending money or using resources. and the second word that he showed told me was extraordinary which means very unusual unbelievable exceptional and what he what he said was my people like these two but they're not too fond of the third one <laughs> and it's aggressive We like the extraordinary, we like the extravagant, but we're not too fond of aggressive. (laughs) Aggressive. I look up the definition of aggressive. It means, and this is why people don't like it. Ready to attack, confront, pursuing one's goals and interests forcefully. But there's something about that word that he showed me. He says you can't have the extraordinary and the extravagance without being aggressive. You cannot. The enemy will not allow it. Because when we were teaching the book here a while back by John Revere, The Extraordinary Life, we were all excited to come in here. Is that not the truth? Come in here, Extraordinary Life but you don't get it without being aggressive. Amen. See, the word aggressive is associated with war. It's associated with fighting. It's associated with taking our authority. Something we've been studying here for a while it's associated with confrontation and that is something we don't really like we don't like confrontation (coughs) but it really doesn't matter because just be blunt (laughs) (laughs) like it or not we are in a war. There's no way around it. This is what he showed me when I was looking at this. He says, we can choose to fight or we can put our head in the sand. It does not matter. We're still in a war. And he showed me one way And I've shared it, but I've never really seen it like this. One way that we put our head in the sand is when we something comes up, and the first thing comes out of our mouth is God's got this. We just put our head in the sand. What he showed me is God's got this when I got this. (laughs) When I've got it, God's got it. When I'm willing to step out and pursue and go after, then God backs me up. I know we've got to be led by the Holy Spirit when we do that. You see, God sent Jesus. We know John three sixteen. God, for God so loved the world that He sent Jesus, His only Son, to die that we could be saved, to establish a relationship that was severed back with us and God. We we read that sometimes just we've read it so much and heard it so much that we don't really grasp what actually took place. God aggressively pursued us he aggressively to the point that he gave his son that he sent his son. that's not that wasn't a light thing. He pursued us to the point that he was willing, to give his son for us, and this was, and I know the Bible tells us that we're we're to be humble, and people use that as an excuse to not be aggressive. So I looked up the word humble. I wanted to know then, what does it mean? It means something that we don't like. I'll just tell you. It means to die to yourself. (laughs) If you're really humble, you die to yourself. That's that's what it that's what it means. See, God pursued us aggressively. But the question is, do we pursue God aggressively? That's, that's, that's the real question. It showed me that we pursue things that we desire aggressively. Now, aggressively doesn't necessarily have to mean just going after something and fighting for it. But uh, I'll ask you ladies, have y'all ever seen a new pair of shoes that you've never seen before. They just you went through the store and they caught your eye, but you didn't have the, they were expensive. Or a new dress that was expensive. You had to have it. Didn't have the money for it right then. But you ended up with it. You pursued it. <laughs> you aggressively pursued it. You may have even done without eating out put back some money to get it. And this is not just for ladies, this is men. (laughs) See a new gun that you want. It's the best thing on the market right now. Or a new car. Oh, I got to have this. So I make a way, I aggressively pursue. We've all done this. I know that we have. But what about this type of aggressively pursuing? You have a favorite TV program. Any of you have one of those? If you can't watch it, you're going to make sure that it is recorded so that you can watch it at a later date. You're not going to miss it. (laughs) <laughs> you are aggressively pursuing that do we aggressively pursue God hmm. Matthew 6 verse 33 this is the first scripture God ever gave me that I, I know that I know that he spoke this to me says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We read that, but when it says seek, it means to require, demand, search for something hidden. It doesn't mean to just, well, God, here I am. It means to go after it, to look for it. Search it out to be a God chaser, to go after it and look for it. Then, what about Jeremiah 29? Let's look at that one Jeremiah 29, verse 13. twenty nine thirteen it says, and you shall seek me, is that word again, and find me, when you shall search for me with all your heart. That's aggressive pursuit. That's not just coming to church and well, I hope God shows up and I hope He touches me. That is pursuing God. Matthew seven. Verse 7, it says to ask, seek, and to knock. That is a progression of pursuing God. Ask, if you look it up, it means to crave. You ever craved anything? That's one of them I got wrote down. You ever craved, most of the time we crave something that's usually food. (laughs) Shrimps. You pursue it, you are aggressively pursuing it. Aggressively pursue a donut. Let's just get real. (laughs) We'll aggressively pursue a donut. A chocolate bar. If I get to wanting one bad enough, as much as I dislike going to Walmart, <laughs> I will go. <laughs> Amen. I don't hate going to Walmart, but it's not one of my favorite places. But I will go if I get a craving for chocolate and I don't have any in the house. <laughs> no, it doesn't. My wife, my wife, Takes care of that area. <laughs> she takes care of that. I don't have to aggressively pursue. I just got to get up sometimes off the couch. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know where it's at. They're just spotting a spot in the refrigerator that is set aside for chocolate. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. It is, <coughs> amen, amen. You're not going to do without that coffee. You're going to aggressively pursue that coffee. You're going to do whatever it takes to get it. That's what aggressively pursuing is. And how about this one? It says, one of the third thing is to knock. I've done this, and I'm not. Try not to do it no more. Go out on visitation. Go up to somebody's house going to witness. This is what you do. Nope, Nobody's home. <laughs> <laughs> but if I really wanted to talk to them... I aggressively pursue. You beat your hand on that door till somebody shows up because you know there's cars in the driveway. (laughs) (laughs) We aggressively pursue what we want. If I don't want to talk to somebody in the house, I'm going to just knock lightly and hope they don't hear it. That way I can say, I did. And go on about my business. Amen. but if I really want them to come to the door, I'm going to rattle that door that is aggressively pursuing. <laughs> the, uh, God showed me that the biggest one of the biggest problems with the church as a whole, not Freedom Ministries, but the whole body, is that the church is too passive. Somehow or another, we have have gotten an idea that that being passive is holy or cross-like or something. I'm, I'm not sure what it is. gotten confused yeah. meek and passive have gotten confused because we get passive because we don't want to offend anybody other people don't mind offending it's offending to them for the right reason the right way but uh, you know no battle has ever been won by being passive in any area the battle with your children, the battle. My daddy wasn't passive when it comes to that belt. (laughs) I'll just tell you. He spoke, you did or you didn't, the belt come off. He was not passive. He meant business. Passive actually means to allow what happens or what happens to others, without active, without an active response or resistance. There was even a movie come out years ago, where we hear people say it often: "The case sera sera, whatever will be will be." That is passive. It's nothing about that that's God. Yes, He does. Passive would tell you that if God wants my family saved, he'll save them. That's passive. If God wants me to have my destiny, then I'll have my destiny. It'll it'll all work out. You hear that? You hear that often. You hear it even from you watch a decent TV show, That's, and they're going to throw something in there. If, you just, if your ears are tuned in, you'll hear it. It teaches that right there. But if it doesn't line up with what God says, it's not his will. It's just that simple. See, we, we can aggressively pursue God in worship, in praise, in giving, in studying his word, in prayer, but the thing about prayer is prayer is the foundation for aggressive pursuit. If we, don't pursue, if we don't pursue God aggressively in prayer, then we won't pursue him aggressively in any other area. Because it's the foundation. It's what everything else is built off of. That's where we know what the will of God is. That's where we hear him speak, and that's how we know to pursue these other areas in an aggressive way. In an aggressive how he tells us to. We've all we know how, know about David in Samuel, second Samuel verse six, verse fourteen. It tells us that David danced before the Lord with all his might. He danced before God with all his might. I'm not in the shape that I used to be in. But i to just ask you a question. Have you ever praised God till you sweat? I have. I've, I've danced till sweat was running off my face, and now I can't. I can't go that long, <laughs> but I probably could if I did it more often. Amen. But he praised God with all his might. He aggressively praised God, and what happened when he did? Religion showed up. And confronted him. He confronted right back. He says he's going to do it even more. <laughs> he did not respond passively to the attack of, re, of religion on him and his praise to his God. He responded back with aggressively. And what about Jacob? Let's look at Jacob. Genesis chapter 32, Genesis chapter 32, verse 24. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. For he said, Let me go for the daybreak. And he said, Jacob said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. He said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob but Israel, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. Jacob wrestled all night long with the man of God. All night. Wrestling is not an easy thing. It's something that you... You don't passively wrestle. If you're going to wrestle with somebody, you're going you, you, to put out some effort. You're going to put out some force. You're going to have to break a sweat. You're going to do something. <laughs> you're probably going to be sore the next day. I wrestled with my son... Years ago, I don't know if he remembers it or not. He was about 15. He told me I couldn't hold him down. It was on. (laughs) (coughs) We wrestled around in the floor. I finally, he's 15, I finally got him down. It was hard. I never wrestled with him again. (laughs) it was it was hard enough that i knew that another year <laughs> ain't doing this <laughs> but it took some effort i had to really put out some force cuz i was to wrestle and jacob wrestled with god all night and because he did he aggressively pursued And because he did, his name was changed. He came out changed. He walked different. His name became Israel. And that means, it tells you what it is. He says, for you are a prince. You have power, which means authority, with God, man and man, and has prevailed. See, he wrestled with God until change took place. Sometimes we, we think we're pursuing God. We, come, we may come up here and pray for 10, 20, 30 minutes and expect things to change. Sometimes it takes... We've, we've been up here at these altars before for hours, praying aggressively for hours. For things to change. It, sometimes it takes that. And what about Ephesians 6? It says, for we wrestle, it tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. See, there's that word wrestle again. It's in the New Testament. But we wrestle against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness of this world and against spiritual wickedness in high places. When it says a principality, that's not a light thing. And a power, that's not a light thing. A ruler of darkness, that's not a light thing. Wrestling takes some effort. It takes, you're going to have to be aggressive. You're going to have to go after it. This thing is not going to just lay down and say, Oh, I see that you're a child of God. Bye. No, it's there for the fight. I remember hearing this testimony of Dr. Uh, Young E. Cho. First time he encountered casting the devil out of somebody, he wrestled with that thing. I don't know how many hours until he actually he didn't really know what he was doing at that time he was new he wrestled with it until the thing wore out and it told and he could hear it talking to the other demons that was in this person they had done got tired because he would not quit the head demon that that they were getting out of this person began to tell the other ones how to line up in order to leave. But he wrestled with that thing. I mean, he would not give up in prayer. He would not give up. Even though he didn't really know what he was doing. He would not give up until he wore that devil out. He aggressively pursued deliverance for that person until they were set free. So we can wrestle with God, we saw that, and we wrestle with the enemy. We were talking a while ago about aggressively going after things. You know, when you pursue something, you pursue something, it's proof of desire for what is being pursued. If you don't desire anything, you're not going to pursue it. But if you desire it, you're going to pursue it. If you desire to be a great bass fisherman, you're going to pursue that. You're going to study that. You're going to go after that. You're going to get the boat. You're going to get the rod. You're going to listen to those that's gone before you. And you're going to learn. You're going to pursue. But the more and the more aggressive. The pursuit, the more desire you have. Well, the more desire you have, the more the aggressive the pursuit is. And it's the same way with God. The more that we, the more desire we have to know God and to operate in his power and in his authority, the more aggressive we're going to pursue him the more we're going to go after him. The more we're going to set him first. And, uh, aggressive doesn't always have to be loud. We think of aggressive because it's a war term. as always being been loud. It can be loud. I'll show you two instances in the Bible where it was loud and where it wasn't loud. We know the story of the woman with the issue of blood. The person in her condition was not even supposed to be in town. She was an outcast. She came in anyway because she heard that Jesus was there. She pressed her way through the crowd quietly. She didn't, I I just figure she was kind of snuck down, maybe even crawling on her hands and knees to get in there to him, but she was aggressively pursuing the the man of God. She was aggressively pursuing Jesus until she got to him and touched him. That was not loud. We also know the story of the blind man. He heard that Jesus was coming by, and he started shouting. And he was told to shut up. What did he do? He got louder. He got louder until Jesus heard him. He aggressively pursued God also. So aggressively pursuing doesn't necessarily mean it's got to be loud, and it doesn't mean it's got to be quiet. It can be any range in between there. That. Until your pursuit is um, greater than when your thoughts. Amen. Sometimes there's thoughts, there's bombarding us and we have to get louder than our thoughts. and sometimes we just come and sit in his presence and so. Amen. That, that is exactly right. I don't have to get as loud as I used to to get out of my mind. But, you know, sometimes you do have to get loud. You just have to. Because your mind is always, it's, you know, it's always there. It wants to figure things out. And we sometimes we, we think that being aggressive in things is not, not of God. But what about where, uh, I think my time's about up, in John 2, 13 through 17. Tells us where Jesus drove the money changers out. Verse 17, it says, The zeal of, of thine house hath eaten me up. What is zeal? It means indignation. Or anger provoked by unfair treatment. He, the Bible tells us to be angry. It says, be ye Angry it doesn't say if you get angry it's okay just don't sin it actually says be angry be angry and sin not so how do you not get into sin if you're angry you don't take out your anger on the person you get into the spirit and take out your take out that righteous indignation on the enemy Amen. which is in the spirit. So we don't talk, we don't fight in the flesh. We fly fight in the spirit realm. In i am I'm gonna. I, I got just a few minutes, maybe. Uh, any of you ever to get to pray and you. Begin to declare and to prophesy. You ever do that when you pray? It just begins to come out of you? I know Pastor Angie does. Sometimes it just begins to come out. And you, you may think, well, I'm not, I'm not a prophet. I can't do that. I'm fixing to show you something. Scripture says in Acts that your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. I'm a son. I'm alive on this earth right now. I am a son. My daddy lives out there by GP Lake. You're a son. You're a man. You're a daughter. You're a daughter. You're a daughter. You're a son. We can declare and prophesy. And sometimes we have to declare and prophesy what God tells us. Until we declare it, first we declare it like we mean it. That's the first step. Then you do just keep declaring it until you actually mean it. You ever been there? <laughs> you get God giving you a revelation, so you say it, but you don't actually mean it. That's just yeah. But you keep saying it, and you keep declaring it until you mean it, and then. Then what we do after that is we just keep declaring it and declaring it until we actually mean it, until it gets down in us. Then we begin to declare it to the enemy. And when we know that we know that it's in here, guess what? He knows it's in there too. And that's when we can aggressively take our authority over him and drive him out. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you for this day. Lord, we just ask that you show us the areas where we are passive. Will we just allow things to happen? Lord, just open our eyes that we can see these places, God. Will we just allow whatever will be, will be when you have given us the authority You have given it to us. You've given us the authority to walk and to rule and to reign upon this earth. We just ask that you begin to reveal those places to us in the name of Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this message from Freedom Ministries. For more information and to stay connected with us, find us on Facebook or the web at freedomministriescrossing.com.